We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. deep drive, way back. Ball game over. Cubs win. Cubs win. Oh, baby, Chris Bryant. Yes, it was a difficult decision, but no, I don't regret it at all. I'm thrilled. I'm excited. I can't wait to get going. And, you know, I guess now I know what it's like to, to witness your own funeral because that's what <laughs> it's felt like today. It's been <laughs> it's been crazy and it's been incredibly humbling and uh, I'm very, very thankful for the outpouring of support. It's Zach Zaidman on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. The big sports story in Chicago today is not with the stuff that happens on the field, but with the guy who's called some of the most memorable moments from the action on the field. It's up in the broadcast booth. Len Casper announcing that he's leaving Cubs television to do White Sox radio. Zach Zafin with you until 9 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score broadcasting live from the Hyundai studios brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And pleased to be joined right now by sometimes Cubs beat reporter Russell Dorsey, who joins us on the Alphamonte Ford hotline, Alphamonte Ford in Melrose Park. Russ, good evening. So happy to have you on board it's been a long time since I've had a chance to say hello to you since the season ended. And I love the way you summarized the events of today on Twitter. After listening to the Cubs slash marquee Zoom conference, you tweeted out the Cliffs notes, including people love Len Casper. Cubs have not named anyone to the position, just beginning their search. We'll have an opportunity to take a swing at a big name, looking for someone who fits Cubs culture and... People really love Len Casper. And I thought that truly is a summary of the impact that Len Casper has had with Cubs fans over the last 16 years. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it, it was a weird feeling today. It's like it's something, somebody that people really loved, really cared about, and, and just had this, this fond, fondness for. Uh, that you, and you know this, Zach. Like, when you're not from the city, you really understand how people care about you by the way they respond to you when, you know, you leave or, or, or you have a, a, a chance to, to make a jump in your career. And you could tell that despite Lynn coming in 05 and being with the Cubs for 15 years and now making this move to, to go to the Sox, people really appreciate, you know, what Lynn did for, for the franchise over the last 15 years. And uh, it was almost like, uh, the, the feeling that I got was almost like when somebody gets traded that you really love and you really care about. And you're just, I think the, the entire uh, sports media in Chicago, uh, as well as the fans uh, on both sides of town were really taken back by this. Yeah. I, I think from the North side part of it, it's because the greatest era in Cubs history has been chronicled by two guys, 
on TV, Len, on Radio Pat, and, and I think you associate all those great memories with those two guys because they help put the verbal captions on what you're seeing and hearing. Absolutely, and I think with you know with Lynn on on the TV side, and obviously you know this from from being in the booth. You know there were some tough times, you know that that Lynn got Cubs Nation through. You know when they were going through this rebuild to get to a point where you get to 2016 and you win a World Series for the first time in 108 years. Like Lynn was the voice of that. Lynn took you from the you know Ryan Terrio days through the Luis Valbuena days of the early portion of Jed and Theo to Bryant and Baez and Rizzo and Contreras and Schwarber. And now to see that person, you know, transition out into this next chapter in his life is awesome to see. But for a lot of those Cubs fans that, you know, this new era of Cubs baseball, it's a, a, a bittersweet feeling for them. Talking Cubs with Russell Dorsey of the Sun Times I think it is interesting what's happening from a baseball standpoint on both sides of town because I said this earlier in the show. On the south side, you get this feeling that that team is on the ascension and something very special is going to be happening on the south side. While you look at what's happening with the Cubs and you think, at least on paper, is this team about to begin a descent? I don't believe that's the case, but help us understand what the Cubs are trying to do right now, what they're navigating through under this new leadership. Yeah, well, Jed inherits a a, a unique uh, position where he inherits a team that they're, they're superstars, they're star players, they're, they're core that they've built around over the last seven years. A lot of those guys are on their final year of their contracts before entering free agent uh, at the end of, next season and because of that and because you haven't moved those guys in the past you you have to decide okay who's going to be a part of our future what core players are we going to keep to be the next the part of the next Cubs team that we think can contend for a World Series title and who we have to move and so with that comes well those guys that you had on the roster they haven't necessarily performed the best over the last couple of seasons some really disappointing finishes in the postseason so Maybe it makes more sense to move on for some of these guys anyway, let alone the uh, the, the contract implications that, that you have in 2021. And so I wrote about this last week in the Sun-Times. They're going to try to not only retool on the fly, but they're going to try to also contend in the National League Central. And usually that's not the way you do things, no matter what sport you're trying to do it in. But I think they have a unique you know, opportunity because – the National League Central is not that strong. It's probably one of the weaker divisions in baseball. And so then you have the Cubs, the Brewers, the Cardinals, the Reds are pretty much the same team. They have some strengths in certain areas. They have some obvious flaws in other areas. But because of that, the Cubs can definitely move on from one. Obviously, they moved on from Schwarber the other day, not tendering him. But you could mm-hmm. trade a guy like a Chris Bryant or a Wilson Contreras and – get back assets, but also still be able to compete in a division that doesn't have the Dodgers. You're not facing a team that you expect to win 105, 106 games in a normal season. And so from that aspect, I think the Cubs have an opportunity to be able to do both and and in two years be back in that window where you're just like, okay, I think the Cubs can really do something special here. 
So is it safe to assume that they are behind closed doors going all out attempting to trade Chris Bryant because he can likely bring the most back in terms of guys that they could trade? Honestly, Zach, I don't think there's anybody that they're not willing to listen on at this point. And that's from where we were sitting a few years ago, that would be crazy to say. But I think a guy like Wilson Contreras, who has years of control on his contract and, you know, is a top offensive and defensive catcher in Major League Baseball, I think that's the guy that you circle and say, that guy can bring us a monster haul where we get some Major League-ready players in return and we can get somebody's blue-chip prospects and be able to flip this thing uh, a lot quicker than if we got, uh, you know, because these guys have one year left on their deals, you're not going to get the return that you were going to get maybe last offseason or at the trade deadline. So I I think they're going to listen on everybody. Uh, And there are obviously some guys that they're probably not going to trade because of certain factors. I think a guy like Hugh Darvish and Kyle Hendricks are guys they want to build off of you know they those guys have a couple years left control and maybe you you build towards your rotation and defense for a couple years after you know building on position players for the last five so I think they're listening on a lot of different players and I think they're open to anything which I think in the situation that they're in I think that's a good thing you should be open there's not I think you're not in a position where you can just say no we're not going to do this like you need to be willing and open and honest about who you are as a franchise that's a great point. Russell Dorsey covers the Cubs for the Sun-Times. Okay, so we know that everyone's available for the most part. That being said, what kind of a team are they trying to be? Meaning, what kind of an offense do they want to have to fix some of the issues that essentially have plagued this team for the last three years? Well, Zach, the last time I saw you, we were uh, watching the Cubs face off before getting eliminated by the Marlins. And in that cold, on that cold day in October, we saw a Cubs team uh, get it handed to them by a young Marlins team that had some young right-handers with a lot of velocity, and the Cubs were not able to put the ball in play. And because of that, it, it's, it really shined a light on a lot of the flaws that we had seen and heard about over the last two and three years, not just in 2020, which we all knew was you know weird for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the Cubs in the future, it's just like, all right, the way they built their offense before has not worked. We heard Theo say a couple of years ago, the offense is broken, our offense broke, and we need to do some things to make sure we put the ball in play. And like, we've heard these things before, and they basically ran it back last year to just see, all right, can, can, could we get something different? You know, you change hitting coaches again, and you bring in different voices, different philosophies, and those things didn't work. So if you look at the future, it's how can the Cubs get a team that they have guys who can put the ball and play more, you know, guys who, who know how to handle velocity a little bit better, a team that can keep the line moving and not be this boomer bust offense that you've seen over the last couple of years that, yeah, they could put up nine runs on somebody, hit six, six home runs, or they're a team that only scores two runs on two solo home runs, you know? Like, they have to be a team that has a more diverse uh, offensive standpoint. Like, they have to be able to hit the ball in the gap. They have to be able to, um, yes, drive the ball to the ballpark. And in this era of Major League Baseball, you're going to be able to do that. But you also need to be able to have some guys on your team who they know what their job is, and that job is to, one, get on base, 
and two, be able to put the ball in play, one, against velocity, and two, in situations where, you know, runner on second base, less than two outs, runner on th- third base, less than two outs, bases loaded with less than two outs. And we saw the Cubs over the last couple of years have struggled in those areas where you, you're really looking to score at least one run in that situa- those situations. And a lot of times they haven't been able to score any because of swing and miss. So that's the type of team that they want to be building towards being in 2021 and beyond. And to do that, that means you're going to have to move on from some certain, from certain players. And so and over this next couple of weeks, and obviously winter meetings is next week, you're going to want to decide, all right, who do we think can be a part of that lineup, a part of that offensive you know, philosophy going forward? Russ, what do you think, from, from talking to the people that you talk to around Major League Baseball, do you anticipate that there will be a lot of wheeling and dealing? Because there's so much that's fluid right now. You don't know what the rules are going to be next season, how many games mm-hmm. are going to be played, uh, the financial aspect of the pandemic. And we saw last year, these are not simple things to, to kind of get together and reach a, a compromise on when it comes to the owners and players. Yeah, I think one thing I, I wrote, I, I, my story's coming out tomorrow in the Sun-Times, there are, there are a lot of different things at play here, and you're right, it is fluid. Because you now have, because of all the players we saw non-tendered on Wednesday, you now have another wave of free agents that we didn't think would be out there. And add that on top of the fact that guys like Springer and Trevor Bauer and JT Romuto, who are the core of this free agent market, and, and DJ LeMahieu, those guys haven't even signed yet. So that adds another layer to an already slow offseason. And then you're right, you have the, the rules changes. And are is the DH going to be in the National League? Because if you're a guy like Kyle Schwarber or Eddie Rosario who gets uh, non-tendered, it's a lot better if you have 30 jobs available for DH as opposed to 15, and it really cuts off your market. So there are a lot of different things that, that are going to have to happen over the next couple of weeks. I do think there'll be some moves next week, uh, but I don't think it'll be – you know, the, the amount of moves we're used to seeing this time of year, uh, especially in, in the week of the winter meetings. By the way, do they hand out gold gloves for great catches in the press box? Because during the 2020 season, <laughs> you would have earned it for, because it's not all, usually, and you know exactly what I'm talking about, Russ, when a ball is fouled back into the press box, you see people, and I'm one of them, you see people diving under the table. They want no part. You're protecting all the electronic equipment you can. You're trying to get away from the ball. You fearlessly caught a ball without a glove on the fly in the press box this past season. Outstanding stuff. (laughs) That is an honor, sir, and I appreciate it. If I'm going to be up there, I, I might as well, like my old coaches would be upset if they saw me on TV diving out of the way of a ball coming at me. So I'm, I'm trying to make my old coaches proud and, and be able to show I still got some skills. <laughs> Who hit the ball? I forgot. Do you um, remember? Josh Donaldson. Yeah, it was a rocket. Back into the, uh, the, the press box at Wrigley Field, first row, and uh, without any hesitation, just uh, great hands, great soft hands, uh, and it was uh, it was to the delight of everybody up there in the booths and uh, and in the press box. Uh, impressive stuff, Russ. Thank you so much. And by the way, happy birthday! I know it's next week, but why not announce it a little early? My man, appreciate it, Zach. You have a good one. Stay safe. <laughs>
to Russ Dorsey covers the Cubs for the Sun-Times. Let's take a break. When we come back, what we're going to do is replay what was uh, a riveting, emotional, enlightening interview that Len Casper conducted on the Danny Parkin show. And uh, there was a special guest from the south side of town. You will not want to miss this. We'll replay it next. Zach Saban with you until 9 o'clock on The Score. If you missed the big news of the day, where have you been and how have you missed the news? Len Casper leaving the Cubs television booth to join White Sox Radio to live out a dream, according to what he had to say in a Zoom conference earlier today. And after that Zoom conference, Len phoned in and had a conversation on the Danny Parkin show about the biggest broadcasting move that we've had in this city in a very long time. Let's take a listen. A good stroke. Jason Hayward makes a catch. It's a no-hitter. Jake Arrieta has done it again. I will do my best for Mr. Tannehill to make sure I pause. Cubs are 60 and 23 in their last 83 regular season games. 83. Arate. I wonder if he can handle Kramer. Seinfeld reference. Mm-hmm. Champions. Let the celebration begin. The Chicago Cubs are NL Central champions once again. Speaking of iPads, you guys yeah. think you could work in an iPad oh. reference? Oh yeah, I could do We're it for that. Needed. But JD, speaking of iPads, yeah. Uh, today is Steve Ciszek's 33rd birthday. Baez has it. It's a no-hitter. A former college walk-on has made history. Len Casper is no longer going to be part of the Cubs television network he's going across town they're not just a nice little team thanks Cubs Len Casper thanking you for watching Cubs baseball and now it's all over man you're so funny man the Danny Parkin show that's what all the kids listen to you man you are the best thing on the radio afternoons 2 to 6 on 670 the score and 670thescore.com Chicago's sports station it is the Danny Parker Show along with Matt Spiegel. It is my distinct pleasure and honor to welcome back to the score for the last time on the Alpamani Nissan Hotline, Alpamani Nissan in Melrose Park. Now the former television voice of the Cubs and the new radio voice of the Chicago White Sox, our friend and yours, Len Casper. Len, congratulations on the new gig, but I know that you know that you've really made it when you got the Goodfellas treatment from Chris Tannehill. <laughs> well, I'm honored. Um, Shep actually just texted me a couple hours ago and said, can you come on and, and do Bears-Lions? So I, I'm not really prepared to to talk about anything else. So It's on my list of you, questions. You, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Hi, Danny. Hi, Matt. Hi, Len. It's a big day, man. Everybody's everybody's talking about about your wacky and, and and crazy move, which, when you really think about it, isn't all that wacky and 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 isn't all that crazy. You love you love baseball and you love it on the radio specifically, or at least first before anything came a love for baseball on the radio, didn't it? Yeah, it, it, when I was a kid, for sure. And um, you know, Parkins and I have, have texted, and I've, I've been listening. Uh, to, to your show a little bit. By the way, Spiegel, that that was just 
disgusting what you did with uh, McCarthy, <laughs> kind of slipping in your resume at the at the end of it. And um, you know, I thought we were friends, and it's like the body's not even cold. Uh, so I, I, pre- I appreciate that. Um, I texted McCarthy after the interview. I said Matt couldn't pass the drug test, so don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, Danny, you're too young, I think, to to to, to get this, and and that that's not a that's not a critique. It's it's a compliment. You know, you're 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 kind of a you're prime timer, man. You're 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 ascending, and you're you're becoming a star, and you should want to grab everything you can in this business. You know, Matt and I get to an age where you really start to prioritize uh, a, a lot of things, and. I'm not. I'm not the kid anymore. I'm not. I'm not the young punk. I mean, man, it felt like the last 20 years, let alone the last 16, have just flown by in the snap of my fingers. And my whole thing, guys, is to experience as much of life as I can and to explore every avenue in the game of baseball that I can. And that's the one thing I hadn't had the opportunity uh, to do. And and and. Mike McCarthy's right. It, I, I'll tell you a couple of quick stories about phone calls I've had this week, if if, if you have time. Uh, I was talking to David Ross yesterday, and I said, Rossi, you know, contemplate 2016. The day before the Cubs-Giants series, Joe Madden calls you into his office, and he says, Rossi, man, what a year. You know, you and John have worked brilliantly together. What a career you've had. And I know it's going to end here, and we hope we win a World Series and we send you out in a blaze of glory. But um, I only got a 25-man roster, and I, I need an extra arm in the bullpen, so we're going to go with two catchers, so it's going to be Miggy and Willie. And you're going to travel with us, but, but you're not on the active roster. I said, how would that have made you feel? And Rossi said, I would have been absolutely crushed. I said, that's kind of like broadcasting every day for a big league team like the Cubs and then – when you get to that moment, you're along for the ride, and it was amazing. And being being a part of the radio crew uh, has was just, I mean, and, and Matt, you and I were in the booth for Game Seven. My goodness, just incredible. But my enjoyment of the game is being behind that microphone and being a part of the action. It's not about the accolades. It's not about people saying what a great call. That that is not. It's the work. It's it's the craft. It's being a part of something bigger. And I want to experience that at some point. Um, I have never called and been the lead announcer for a postseason game. So there's all of that kind of wrapped into this. And those things over the course of time just become more important than the obvious things. Um, And I, you know, the things that I'm chasing now are the things that just kind of make me happy and the rest doesn't matter. So that's the best way I would explain how I came to this crazy idea and decision. And, you know, thankfully, Mike and, and Crane were, were amazing to, to even let me consider it. Brooks Boyer is a beast. I mean, he made this thing happen very quickly. Um, and I just I can't wait to get going. And um, I'm wistful uh, because I had a great 16 years, but I banked all those memories and nobody can take them away from me. And, Len, I am genuinely happy for your happiness. You're right. Uh the fame, the fortune, the audience, those are things that I would definitely still crave, and I understand that you've already climbed that mountain, as you put it, and you're getting ready to climb another. What has struck me 
from listening to your press conference earlier today and how you just said that is like how at peace with this you are was this even a difficult decision for you uh Yes, it was. Uh, here's why. Because it became very clear very quickly that, um, well, well, first of all, yes, it was a difficult decision to kind of come to the idea of what would I consider jumping uh, into a drastic change like this. And that was months in, in, the, in the making, you know, a lot of isolation during the pandemic, a lot of reflection, um, the timing is such that it, it kind of follows the Theo thing, but that, that, that is not at all what this was. Uh, it, it, it just came down to if not now, when. So the initial idea was to explore it, and, and I guess the term is scratch the itch, right? And I, I had decided that if it just didn't, feel right in terms of whatever the offer was or the parameters, I would have been totally comfortable coming back and remaining uh, with the Cubs. And then during the process, and, you know, I don't want to give away too many specifics, but, you know, Crane and Mike didn't want me to go, and they made it very clear, not only with their words but their actions, that they were willing to, to do just about anything to make that happen. But the one thing that I couldn't get was that thing that I just told you that I wanted. And so that was the fundamental reason for the ask. So, yes, it was a difficult decision. Um, but, no, I don't regret it at all. I'm thrilled. I'm excited. I can't wait to get going. And, you know, I guess now I know what it's like to, to witness your own funeral because that's what <laughs> it's felt like today. It's been, <laughs> it's been crazy, and it's been incredibly humbling, and uh, I'm very, very thankful for the outpouring of support. Len, I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked Mike McCarthy because I totally respect your love of radio. I love radio. Um, was there ever a conversation or a thought of, hey, I don't know if it's going to be a year or five years, 15 years. There is precedent for this in broadcasting, but like, put it in your contract. You get to be the radio voice of the Cubs whenever Pat Hughes retires. Was that something that was discussed or would have made you stay with the Cubs if it was discussed? Uh, that was not part of the conversation um, because of the respect I have for Pat. And, and quite honestly, the reason I was able to do any of the, the radio with the Cubs uh, once uh, the games came over to WBBM and, the, and then the score uh, was because Pat and I had a, had a long talk about it. And I told him that I would love to, to have a small role just to, to be a part of it. And he could not have been more gracious and more welcoming and and I, I appreciated that so much, um, and I want Pat to to be here for for as long as he wants. And, and, and my hope is that he's in his late seventies still doing Cubs baseball. And the other thing about these gigs, man, once they once they're taken, you know, people tend to 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 live in these in these jobs for a long long time because they're the holy grail of this industry. So no, that. That's why this decision and this idea came about, because my role with the Cubs is what it is and was what it was, and, and it was great as it was. I, I was looking for something new. Len, I, uh, I often think of the words of a, a famous songwriter 
who I spoke with once in L.A., and she asked me how I was doing. I think I was I said, you know, I'm 45. I'm marginally successful and I'm wondering what the hell life is all about. And she said, oh, right on time. Right on time, she said. And, and she was loaded, absolutely loaded and, and made and, and Hall of Fame caliber. But, you know, it's it, it seems like whatever you're kind of chasing in life, you end up sort of not really getting enough of it unless you're actually chasing the right stuff. So what do you what do you what are you chasing? What, what are you chasing now? What, what are you hoping to get out of your 50s um, with a move like like this? It's, it's, it's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think I would add this, that the friends you make throughout your career and your life, like they're going to be there no matter where you work. That's the way I, I feel. And, and I feel that you guys and, and Shep and, you know, Tanny, Tanny was a little lukewarm about me all along. And now all of a sudden I'm his best friend, <laughs> but whatever. Um, you know, I, we've made lifelong friendships. That's how I feel. And so, I'm diving into something that I've long thought about. Would I be good at this? And I've, I've dabbled in it, but it's like I, I'd like to be, in my mind, as good at doing radio play-by-play as I feel that I am doing television play-by-play. And I, I'm trying to get better every day in terms of the TV stuff. But, you know, I don't know the answer to that. I, I think so. I think I would be good at it. But I, I really want to. I really want to find out. Um, I I want to work with DJ, whom I love. Um, this type of broadcast hasn't been done there for a while, just due to the personalities, and so this is going to be different for him. Um, and and as a, an important uh, uh, aside here, guys, you know I'm going to do everything I can to, to honor the legacy of, of Ed Farmer, who was a, was a great friend of mine and uh, one of the most generous people uh, I've ever met. And uh, I would like to think that, um, you know, if, if, if he could look down and see that uh, I'm stepping into this, that, that it would, that would make him happy. Um, I want to do a couple games of Stony. You know, I, I thought maybe I would do that back in 2005 when I applied for the Cubs job. He was still the Cubs analyst. It ended up being Bob Brenly and then Jim Deshays, and I've been really lucky that way. Uh, but we, we come full circle, and now we'll we'll do a half dozen games together. And then that kid Benetti, man, wow, what a comet! You know, he's a once in a he's a once in a lifetime human being, and I, I just I don't know. It's it's. Uh, it's the line from Stripes, like, I want to party with you, man. You know what I mean? Like, who doesn't want to be around Jason Benetti? And I I don't know what that means, but we're going to find some fun stuff to do. So there's all these opportunities. That's what I look at it uh, like, and uh, that that, that gets me really energized and jazzed about this new, new, you know, frontier. We're talking to the new radio voice of the Chicago White Sox. And as surprise number one for our conversation with Len Casper, we booked the comment. Say hello, Jason. <laughs> hey, I thought I was hearing Bill Walton. He's a comet. I... Maui Jim uh, Beach Boy. That's it. I, it is an honor to be on your team, Len Casper. <laughs> so... Benetti, you you knew before it came out last night. So you tell the story um, about the the station you went on last night, and you kind of dropped a little Easter egg 
and, and, <laughs> and actually who you were talking to. This is, this is fun. So a couple weeks ago, Rick Hahn's son, Jacob, who is a winner of Sox Math, but is now banned from playing Sox Math, I'm told, <laughs> uh, because he won, uh, and his video was so good, Jacob asked me if I would come on his podcast with his friends from New Trier. And so I agreed to do it on Thursday of this week. And Len and I had talked just before. So Jacob and his friends, who asked very good questions, like it was, it was actually a really, really oh. fun interview to do. Uh, they asked me about the difference between doing radio and TV. And then they asked me about some friends in the industry and they had talked about Len. And I said to them at the end of the podcast at some point, uh, you know, Len's one of those people who loves doing radio. And I really hope one day Len gets a chance to do radio again. <laughs> and then, like, Jacob went upstairs and Rick told him the news. <laughs> I hope one day, like tomorrow morning or so, he gets to do radio again. That's, that's phenomenal. So, so, so we have now Len Casper and Jason Benetti on with us here on the Danny Parker Show with Matt Spiegel on The Score Let's brainstorm together, guys. Let's go. Let's let's name the podcast. What are the what is what is the collaboration going to look like in your mind, Len Casper? Uh, I think it should be loosely constructed with a lot of room to maneuver. Uh, I think parameters are good to a degree, but I, you know, Jason can tell can tell you what he thinks, but. The, when you try to cater your style or really content to what you think people want to hear, it, it tends to kind of fall flat. And when there's a, a baseball story or there's something about a player that I find fascinating, I think you, you know, I can make it way more interesting to the listener. Right. And I think, you know, Spiegel, your your strength is the stuff you're passionate about. That's the stuff that's most interesting when you talk about baseball. I can tell. Parkins, you know, um, I'm not an NBA person, but when you talk about the NBA, I know that you know it in your bones, right? So I think sometimes we overthink what people want. And so I, I just want Jason and I to talk about things that we find interesting. And if other people think that's interesting, very cool. If not, I'm cool with that, too. I listen to podcasts, a ton of them, and all the stuff I listen to is people who are interested in those things, and they make me interested because it's stuff that I never knew about. So that's how I feel. What about you, Jason? So uh, from my vantage point, the, the thing that strikes me about this partnership and any good partnership in creating a podcast or whatever it might be is eclectic tastes. And Len and I uh, were together a couple times during the height of the early part of the pandemic. Uh, we played group Zoom bar trivia. And we had a team of five or six, and it was some people around Chicagoland who are really smart people who are in the media and then a couple friends from baseball as well. 
And I'm telling you, I think I think Len and I both looked at each other. We were like, we could very well be the dumbest people on this team, and it may not be close. <laughs> like, very there's a very strong chance of that. Like there there is information flying around and stuff about topics that we don't know anything about. And then we helped out with like some music and sports and like random questions from wheelhouses of ours. I I love the idea of us getting to know the world through people who are other experts about things we're interested in. Mm-hmm. And the, just the level of curiosity, I think, that we can bring together about everything around us that starts with maybe a baseball touchstone but then goes farther than that. Uh, I, just, I just love asking people why, and I know Len does too, and it's just going to be fun to see who we can put together and you know, friends of the program here that we can that we can tap and mine and have really good conversation with. I'm I'm pumped. So I, what I'm really looking forward to is is the times when Len steps over to TV when Steve Stone has a vacation or has something to do. And don't tell Stoney I said I'm looking forward to him not being in the booth. That's not what I mean. But um, the two of you side by side. Doing a game strikes me as so wonderfully fitting for this version of the White Sox after they spent decades with no play-by-play men at all. So now to have two, what an, what an interesting opportunity to subvert the form in a different way. You guys looking forward to that kind of opportunity? Well, it's, what's great about it is it's old school. It goes back to the days really up until maybe the mid-'70s when you know the World Series, you would have you know a national play-by-play announcer, and then you'd have the local play-by-play announcer, and they would swap innings. Um, but it feels also really new, and I like I like that idea. Um, I've often thought, you know, when I was with the Cubs, um, I think pre-marquee, I even brought up the idea uh, because of JD and Doug Glanville. I said, you know, if you ever wanted to do a, just a, a an analysts-only broadcast, and you know maybe JD can drive it, but 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 I don't want him to do the play-by-play per se or try to be that, but just kind of do all players and former players and and see how that goes, and then maybe you know we we try the the, the other. So I'm all for experimenting and uh, and the like. Um, I think Jason, instead of you know every two innings we swap play-by-play. I think it would be cool to do it like every pitch. <laughs> like that's never been done. You know, I've I've said that about basketball. If we could get to basketball play-by-play announcers, like I joked about that in college, <laughs> that every time up into the front court we trade off in in college, which did not go over very well at the venerable halls of WAER Syracuse, uh, but. I do have to say that is that is an awesome idea. Uh, the the thing that kind of makes me really excited about this is and and our Len and I share a mutual friend in Boog Shambi, and Boog and I in June did two KBO games together. They they kept the analysts at home. They were doing MLB draft, whatever it was, and we had an absolute blast. Like we couldn't call each other fast enough after the game and say. We should do that again. 
and and the options that come from two play-by-play announcers who are really interested in the game, you know, I for 162 games, it, it probably doesn't fit. But for you know, for when when Steve's out, it's going to be really fun. Hey, Jason, I, I, yes. I didn't catch one minute of either of those broadcasts, but I thought you and Boog were terrific. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Len, go fly a kite. <laughs> Uh, well, Jason, we want to wrap with Len here in, in just a minute, but I know you're really pumped about this, so uh, you want to give your, your official welcome to him, the first public welcome to uh, the White Sox broadcast uh, business here? Uh, so what I believe this is is Danny Parkins trying to get me to say a two-word phrase. <laughs> that happens to be something I said when Eloy Jimenez hit a home run last year at Wrigley Field. I would never dare be that trite. And I would never dare be as biting as that. I just want to say uh, that I'm thrilled to have you as a partner in creativity. And Stoney and DJ and all of us are going to create uh, some fantastic stuff. So thanks, White Sox, for making this happen. <laughs> thanks, Cubs. Get out of here, Benetti. Get out of here. What, just because glass. I didn't take your line and use it? That's right. That's right. Yeah, Get okay. out of here. <laughs> See ya. We'll talk to Jason <laughs> Benetti again down the road. But uh, I do think it's genuinely cool, Len. I mean, you wrote a letter of recommendation, basically, for, for Jason Benetti, and now you guys are on the same team. That's a very cool full circle moment, isn't it not? Yeah, yeah, you know, you, you only have one shot at this thing, and uh, I uh, I want to make sure I, I take full advantage of it, and uh, I'm pretty happy, pretty happy. Hey, um, Len, we, we wanted to say goodbye to you in a classic score way with, um, a, horrific par- with a horrific parody song, because that's what we do. So you got one more, um, and this is your last one, uh, courtesy of me and, and Russ Matera. And it, it's The Clash. You've heard it before, but... In a different way for you right now on the score. The voice of the Cubs games. On TV he was found. He comforted the faithful with that calm Casper sound. But the other team came calling and radio was fun. A second local option with the job as number one. Soon as the news hit the web and the air, fans began to wave. Socks get Casper, socks get Casper, Marquee don't like it. Socks get Casper, socks get Casper. One last bastardization. Great song. <laughs> Thanks, Les. Give us the uh, review, Len. I'm speechless. Uh, Lions plus three, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do, you, what, what, what do you got, Danny? Who do you got? I'm not picking the Bears, man. I can't pick the Bears as a favorite. They don't deserve to be a favorite over New Trier's football team. <laughs> I really have no idea what, what team's going to show up for the Lions on Sunday. I guess there's the, the the old adage, you know, the first game under a new coach, they're going to do whatever. But this thing has gone south so quickly that uh, I have no idea. It's going to be interesting. Those are the what kind of takes we're really going to miss. What about the team down 14 and scores a touchdown? Should they go for two? I know you're passionate about this. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the math works. 
because here's here's how it works, right? You're down 14 in the fourth quarter. You score a touchdown. If you kick the extra point, you're down seven, and then you, you score another touchdown until you kick the extra point. Your best case scenario is you have to score three times, including probably overtime to win. The math says if you go for two twice, there's a better chance that you'll make it at least once than there is you would go 0 for 2. If that's the case, the worst-case scenario is a tie game. The best case is if you make that first one, now you're down six, you score a touchdown, you kick the extra point, you win. Speaks that's easy. The, you know, it, it is easy, and you're right, but Speaks, you're talking about Len Casper's many passions. Yeah. When a team messes this up in a football game that he's oh. watching, texts. I, I, 11 texts, 11 texts before I can respond. He's just, he's, he's just, he's an outraged, passionate man over this. Well, that really was, that happened the other, that was the Eagles, right? They ruined yeah. the, the, the line because they went for two and, and then the story read inexplicably went for two <laughs> with eight seconds left. And I texted Parkins. I'm like, because that's what you're supposed to do. That's why they went for two. Uh, well, 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 Len, it's we're, we're so happy for you on uh, on a on a personal level because you're getting this opportunity to chase and you're doing it. You're going for it, and you know you said earlier today on, on your Zoom about how a compliment for your partner, whether it was JD or now it's going to be DJ, is like a compliment for you. And that is a beautiful thing that you bring to music that your bandmates feel that your ego is there like all of us, but your love and your passion is for the final product, be it musical or sports entertainment. And that is beautiful and, and seriously important. So I know that your broadcast is going to kill and uh, you're going to be great at this opportunity and, and can't wait to listen. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, brother. Uh, means a lot. And, hey. And I would just say, listen, man, I'm, for me, I'm going to miss watching you as a Cubs fan. I know our friendship will still exist off air. I'm going to miss collaborating with you, though, on the air. And I know I speak for everyone at the score. You've been an amazing partner to this radio station. And it was a shock to none of us that you asked your new employers, hey, can I go on the score one last time? Like, I know you love this radio station and your collaboration with us. And I appreciate it. And I remember – you texting me very early on in uh, – I got the job in January of 2017, and you texting me something kind of out of the blue saying, like, you've got it, man. Just keep doing your thing. It's going to work out for you. And, like, that validation meant a great deal coming from you as the consummate professional. So thank you for that, and thank you for your friendship, and thank you for everything you've done for this radio station over the years. Appreciate it, guys. And uh, thank you to Mitch Rosen. Um, I, lo- I-, I love that that guy. and. He, he's been not only a great supporter and friend of mine, but uh, I think he's great at what he does. And uh, you guys know how I feel about the station, and uh, that's never going to change. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.